We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a tech-savvy royal family. Yes, yes, ever since the palace became Wi-Fi enabled, it's become so easy to use the Name Your Price tool on Progressive.com. I do agree, my queen. Simply telling it what we want to spend and seeing all our policy options, I'll send a screenshot to Duke, the Duke of Kent. No, my friend Duke, we're in a group chat together, LOL. It's easy to find insurance that fits your budget with the Name Your Price tool at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, price and coverage match limited by state law. The best joke is the Yokohama Tires not being able to support the Chelsea bus. That, is that one is amazing. I, I, I gain respect again. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Mondogold.com, your premier destination for daily fantasy soccer. Head over to Mondogold.com and enter code ROTO for a 200% bonus on your first deposit. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your miserable host, Mike Gottlieb, along with my jubilant co-host, Mr. Andrew Laird. How's it going, Andrew? I'm not saying I'm fully jubilant, but you should be miserable. Uh, that just yeah. means in mood. You're not like a terrible host. Uh, that's that's still to be that's uh, that's still not, debatable. That's not the funny of debate. <laughs> Fair enough. 
very much. I'd say you're better than terrible. But uh, before we go forward, uh, whatever the step above terrible is, I think it's miserable. Either way, um, with uh, just before we get started with our recap of game week two, uh, I do want to make a request to everyone out there. If you're listening to the show, if you like the show, if you don't like the show, go on to iTunes, go on to Stitcher, wherever you rate this podcast. Let's say iTunes. Just throw us a rating, uh, you know, preferably you know, closer to the five star. But we uh, definitely would like some more ratings uh, on the podcast. Let us know what you think of the podcast. So, uh, you know, you can go to iTunes. Just go wherever you need to go and rate us, please. So thank you in advance for everyone that actually goes and rates us. And if you rate us with no stars or one star, I take it all back. But <laughs> <laughs> on to game week two. Uh, let's Let's go sequentially, Andrew. We'll just we'll start from the beginning of the week and we'll make our way towards the Liverpool uh, Bournemouth matchup on Monday. So Aston Villa started us all off on a Friday, Friday night lights at Villa Park against Manchester United, the latter of whom achieving their second consecutive one nil victory, Andrew. A little underwhelming, don't you think? Yeah, very much so. The biggest or most underwhelming one has to be Wayne Rooney at this point. That and uh, Louis Van Hall kind of intimated or not intimated he essentially accused the media of forcing him to play Rooney as a single striker because he didn't do it last year and everybody was calling for it and he basically said now I'm doing it and he didn't say like Rooney wasn't playing well but nothing's really coming out of it and so there's this kind of weird disconnect here obviously they're trying to build this team around him and and Memphis Depay who uh, we're taping this on a Tuesday after uh, United beat uh, Club Bruges in the Champions League qualifier where Memphis was absolutely unstoppable, so maybe that carries over. But, yeah, Rooney's been a, a, a humongous fantasy disappointment so far. I kind of wrote about it a little bit today. And Manchester United have six points but only two goals, which is not that great of a start when, despite the six points. It's... It's not only that they've only scored, you know, it was 1-0, one 1-0. Nil, one nil. It's that... You know, the one of the two is an own goal. Yes. And so Manchester United themselves have only scored once. Correct. This season, which is let to put it in perspective, that's less, that's fewer number than Chelsea have scored, and everyone's lambasting how terrible they look. And it came from but, Adnan Yanazai, who didn't even start the first one. Correct. Good goal, though. It was solid. Uh, no, nothing against nothing against the goal that they have scored, but it's only been one goal when they've played Aston yes. Villa and Tottenham. Yes. Two defenses that aren't exactly. Uh, I, I I I I can't let's say Manchester City good. You know it, it's it's underwhelming at best yes. right now. But the best part about it is they have six points and their offense hasn't even kicked into gear yet. Mm-hmm. It does go to show what I was telling everyone after the you know during the official season preview. You know, Manchester United moves over the summer were to solidify the center of midfield, which is going to help both offensively and defensively. It's just going to create better possession, more you know, and more threatening possession, and better shielding for their defense. Which, let's face it, their back four is not exactly world beaters. Yeah. Well, to put it, the biggest point of that in perspective is how much better they are in the middle and how much weaker Southampton are without uh, Morgan Schneiderlin. Yeah, and uh, that's a perfect uh, dovetail into the next game, which is Southampton at home getting blasted by Everton, three, uh, well, nil to three in this yeah. case. Yeah, totally blasted. They look, I mean, 
You would have thought Everton was playing home against Sunderland by the way they played, although I make that joke and they just went 2-2 to Watford at home in the opener. But, yeah, Everton looks great. Ross Barkley looks fan, you know, finally looks like the player we were all kind of expecting him to be, and the combination of Barkley and Romelu Lukaku is looking lethal. Yeah. And uh, throwing Aruna Kone, by the way, who started yeah. next to Romelu Lukaku. Yeah, he started. One of, the most, one of the most added players in FPL, right? Yeah, yeah, Kone... Had a goal and an assist in the opener off the bench. Got the start. I'm not sure he's going to relinquish that starting spot anytime soon, particularly with the way they played. Kevin Morales picked up an ankle injury in the first game and was on the bench in the second in favor of Kone. So after these two performances, I'm not sure how you move him back to the bench. Yeah, and this is this this is ex- this is the exact start Everton and Roberto Martinez needed. Oh, totally. Well, uh, uh, the Watford one was questionable. But, yeah, the, the, this win, I mean, it's clear that Southampton just aren't as good defensively as they were last year, and it's not. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess what I mean by that is, you know, their style of play, I mean, they look good going forward. You know, they let up a couple of goals against Wofford, but I, I don't think they're the only team that's going to give up two goals against Wofford this season. Fair point, fair point. Yeah, that, that counterattacking goal that, that, that uh, Lukaku had, that Barkley set him up, I mean, if they can keep that going, they're – they're going to have some serious yeah. uh, at this Europa is, yeah. League. This, this looks more like the fifth-place Everton that yes. we saw a few seasons ago. Yes. Which is all positive signs. And I'm not comfortable with Ross Barkley yet it's because, I mean, especially in a season-long format, he's bound to get injured. But even <laughs> in daily, he, he just he – just, I'm not ready to ride that. I mean, you can juice the orange if you want. I, I'm not ready to ride that roller coaster. Yeah, I think a lot of it was playing time last year and this – He's not going to be sitting with the way he's playing right now. But ultimately, what's weird about this is that they're doing this all without Leighton Baines. And mm-hmm. he's not, I mean, he's not close to getting back. And it's not like uh, Brendan Galloway's been that great. But, you know, Southampton have some pretty good attacking players. And to be able to completely keep them out is pretty impressive. Well, their true shots will come next week when they're home yeah. to City. So. Yes. Uh, we'll, 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 after then, I'll, I'll be much more comfortable with Everton's, uh, you know, offensive and defensive options. Actually, if you think about it, mm-hmm. um, you know, after that game, well, that'll be a real. I mean, if they go Southampton and Man City and they let up, you know, like one goal between the two of them, that's yeah, that's great. Pretty that's pretty solid. Yeah, sure. Uh, is. By no means is that actually going to happen. No. But, uh, <laughs> let's move on, though. Uh, we have Spurs and Stoke playing to a two-two draw. Spurs just so Spurs. They can't seem to get out of their own way sometimes. Um, you just knew the you just knew it was going to happen when the first one went in. You're like, oh no, definitely not going to be three one. It's going to be two two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, That's it, all. It took. It, that first goal is you knew. I think they it was the 81st minute or so, and you knew that was going to be an exceptionally long nine minutes, and they d- didn't even wait that long. Yeah, it was. And to be honest, it could have ended three three. There were more goal opportunities yeah, that could have sure. happened after that. Yeah. So it was, it was an entertaining game to watch. Surprisingly entertaining game to watch. Yeah. The surprise to me was how well Marco Arnautovic played. Yeah, and he's getting pen. You know, he took the penalty, so exactly. he didn't draw it. So it's that's kind of interesting. His man, see. his man bun needs some work. But other a little than bit. that, yeah, it got it, a little sloppy it, by the end. But you know, it, it's, it's it's also just you know. It, it, it looks forced. Yeah, <laughs> it's not quite big enough yet. It's not quite there. Like, yeah. You know, that's headband worthy. That's not that's not man bun worthy. As a guy who's had hair long enough for both, 
just ease off the ponytail or the man bun. <laughs> the you know, just go with the headband and like styles. Obviously, my style with hair is much better than my uh, fantasy Premier League style. So <laughs> yeah. I, I stick. Uh, let me stick to my lane here. But no, either way, the um, Spurs. You know, Kyle Walker kind of bounced back. I, I mean, there, there, there's definitely at least a backroom chant that Kieran Trippier needs this maybe season playing time. I think they know that Walker's a better defender and they don't necessarily need Trippier throwing in balls from the side since that's his forte. Uh, although the longer we go without a Harry Kane goal, maybe they do something to spice it up. Although Lamella yeah. hasn't gotten a start yet. They kind of keep going with this midfield of Lusa Dembele. Dembele, yeah. And then... Um, and, 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 and I know why, I know why they like Dembele. It's because he has energy, and yep. Pochettino wants to press high all the time. And I understand that. Um, it's not working. No, no it's not. <laughs> you know, it's not like you're letting up no goals. Yeah. But and how about Eric Dyer, a guy who just loves August? He loves scoring the first goal for Spurs every season. Yeah, but he, uh, I got into a little tiff with uh, John Wallen over at Taga because he wrote this article about the top 10 essentially attacking defenders and he put Dyer on the list because Dyer was playing in the midfield and I basically said that I didn't think Dyer was worthy of real fantasy consideration just because playing as a defensive midfielder is almost worse than playing as an attacking wingback and then of course Dyer scores so well done John although I called him out for not having Alexander Kolarov on it and Kolarov has at least made me look slightly good We'll get to that. I have thoughts on, on that game later. But uh, let's first talk about something equally exciting. Norwich going to Sunderland and smashing them 3-1. Uh, Nathan Redmond getting on the score sheet again. Yeah. Good news for me. But um, Sunderland stinks. That, 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 you know or what? stink That's ex- if you want to use that, the European. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I wrote down. Yeah. Sunderland stink. They're, they're really bad. And... Hey. Like they're bad on both sides. Yeah, they are. There's talk now that um, they're that Advocate's going to bring that he's going to make like wholesale changes to the back line, and it's like, well, yeah, you should. You're getting blasted. You've allowed seven goals. It's it's not like they have a wealth of options. Yeah, I think um, John O'Shea maybe was benched and now may come back if I'm remembering that correctly. But great, that that John O'Shea solves everybody's problems. It's not the players here. It looks like if it is the players, it's it's a lot. That's one thing. I just don't think it is. I think it's there's just something wrong tactically because it's not like Norwich was you know doing anything that's advanced or they haven't seen before. Yeah, it's just for some reason they just they never find themselves in the right spot. I mean Nathan Redmond's goal was was pretty simple. It was really simple. I was kind of surprised that Pantilemon didn't save it because we always talk about how huge he is and he got a leg out but just I don't know if he didn't see it until late but that goal was was pretty weak the um who scored the first one? Was it Cam Jerome? No. Or was it Whitaker? No, it was uh Bennett maybe or it was a defender uh, Elliot, could... whoever it was it was it was, was Whitaker I was right don't oh, was uh, Martin Martin that's who it was yeah sorry so uh, Martin's 
goal was kind of just the right place, right time, and he happened to be six inches outside of the goal. So, like, that one was kind of fluky. Not fluky, but, you know, it's not – that's a goal that should be stopped. So, like, they're they're not stopping goals that, that should be stopped. Like, sometimes there's just, you know, excellent goals that you're not going to do anything about. Coutinho comes to mind. But these are goals that, like, should be stopped, and Sunderland are letting them in, and that's never – never going to help you i mean they're the only um they're the only team that's given up more than than five goals and they've given up seven (laughs) yeah it they just look terrible yeah Uh, they look like they they look like they don't belong so far yep and making my relegation pick look good after two weeks yeah and i the other two maybe maybe i was just one year too early on sunderland yeah but um it's been it's been a bad start to the season for Dick Advocat, and I think his seat. I mean, one thing I noticed is that the 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 coaches that were on the hot seat going into the season have all done pretty well. Yep. But Dick Advocat and has they begged him terribly, right? And he left and came back. Yeah. Like they, like he did he retire or whatever it was, and then they went they basically begged him back, and this is what he brought them. It's. This is ugly. It's not good. Uh, but for future purposes, stacking against them really may be a good idea. It certainly looks that way. I mean, we everybody was like, oh, yeah, Leicester stack, Leicester stack in week one. And it's like, well, clearly this is this is like a Sunderland, anti-Sunderland stack. This is not – I mean, I guess Leicester paid off a little bit last weekend also. But Sunderland is clearly the team that you attack. And I'm not sure there's any – like what they're going to do to – make me think otherwise like they'll have to get a few in a row i mean they're playing home against swansea this week not a team you want to play right now swansea yeah right yeah i mean i mean you would you might as well stack everyone in there you could do gomez montero iu iu shelby seagerson all of we'll talk more we'll talk more about that right sorry getting ahead of ourselves here we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves there but you know swansea is the next team i want to bring up because they Shut out Newcastle. Yep. The other team from the Northeast. Yep. Uh, they shut them out 2 0. That's, you know, two straight games scoring multiple goals. And Andre Ayer looks great. Yeah, he does. Buffett's going to be going. We got another one. Yep. And your favorite, John Joe Shelby, got a goal. And all Montero. Oh, sorry, I got an assist. And so did uh, Montero. So yeah. it's like that front three was all, was well, they were all there. And yeah, they, they look know, really, really good. It's one of those that, you know, they, they'll be in that. I think they'll legitimately be in that race for the five and six spots, like with Everton and I'm not sure who else I'm willing to put. I mean, Spurs will inevitably get there, but I think Swansea is like legit. They're just, they're not top four legit, but they're, they're legit. Swansea versus Liverpool right now. Um, that's a good question. Percolate on that while we yeah, go well. on to the Newcastle side here. Uh, Daryl Yama got a red card. Yeah, uh, he'll be suspended. Uh, not that many great options at Newcastle to speak of right now. Uh, I mean, we, we were just saying, hey, Gabby Overton even looked like he was semi-human last yep. week. And uh, nope, not anymore. Nope, nope. They all how look pretty they, poor. How, how the pendulum swings. Uh, I mean, I think Newcastle are going to be okay. Um, I agree. I think this was just a, this the wrong team to play at the wrong time. Yep, totally. Swansea home opener after a gigantic win, and they did. They showed no signs of slowing draw, down. Draw. Swansea at the beginning of the season are just. Oh, sorry. I I consider. Felt it like a win. I was gonna say it's felt it like felt like a win. Sure. It was really a draw. Yep. 
But uh, no, the Swan, I mean, Swansea just, especially at the beginning of the season, they're just a different team. This back-to-back games, they've played up a man for a significant portion, though. Yeah. So that's not, not going to happen accident. all the time. And cha- games really accident, change. I mean, no, I, I agree. But that, they, I mean, they are talented. Yes, but, you know, the red cards are, are fluky. And so I always found it funny. I think I may have tweeted this too. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't play defenders against uh, well, against Swansea. Well, against Montero, they get red yeah. carded. Yeah, no, but like, no, no, yeah, it's like not only will they give up goals, but they may get red carded to boot. Right. The uh, the question after both Swansea games, whoever they're interviewing from Swansea, it's like, well, did the game change when they went down to ten men? And it's like, of course it did. Of course the game changes. That that might be a worse question than the like. So, coach, how do you adjust in the second half? Like, it's of course the game changes. There's a tremendous change, and yet we're like, so how, did did the game change? Unbelievable. Yeah, it would be it would be like saying. Uh, Sorry, I had to uh, rant on that. It would be like it would be like saying in football, "Hey, uh, did the game change when you couldn't play with your quarterback anymore?" Yeah, the game changed. Yeah, exactly. You know, it exactly. absolutely changed. When you lost right. your three best players, did did you worry at all? And you couldn't substitute anyone back in for them. Right. Not right. not only not only not only can you don't have that guy, you're permanently down a person. Yes. So would, would that be would that be difficult? Would that would that change right. the game? Of course it would. Right. Yes, I agree. So yeah, uh, so the so Swan, I'd like to see Swansea dominate for ninety minutes against eleven other players. Well, two teams that didn't dominate against uh, 11 Anything. other players <laughs> against anybody last week was Watford and West Brom. Played to a nil-nil. Uh, Boaz Myhill, just to note, he did get five saves as well yep. as that, uh, that that clean sheet. So Yeah, the problem with this game is that with, uh, certain, um, with certain daily formats, you get points for wins, and you obviously don't get a win in a scoreless draw. So... When you're looking at clean sheets uh, for daily players, you need to look at at winnable clean sheets, not just these. Are, I mean, you I think you said it last week that like this one had scoreless draw written all over because, uh, you know, both teams were decent enough defensively and not that great offensively that they yeah, you could see a scoreless draw. That's exactly what happened. But, um, you know, you don't get many points from uh, Gomez at, from Watford because I think he only made I don't think he made a single save. I think there were no shots on goal from West Brom. And you get your, you know, whatever five points or whatever it is in certain formats for a clean sheet, but then no win. So it's you're much better off going, you know, with the one, more the the one sided games than you are kind of these even sided defensive matchups. Yeah, I mean, if you could pick up the big mismatch, you know, that, that that'd be something to just doing. Yeah. But I think, like I said, a couple times this season already, like the middle of the pack is so good now yep it's it's getting really difficult to try to predict clean sheets well like that Again, everton uh, southampton you wouldn't have thought that was three never would have thought that never and, never and, never. and, and if you thought it was three nothing if somebody told you this game is going to be three nothing you would have taken southampton if You're someone not... if someone told you that sergio romero joe hart and simone minule yeah. would be leading the gold glove race right, right now right would you would you have believed that no how many of those would you have believed, just individually? Uh, Hart, and yeah, that's Hart, it. Yeah, because he's won it four out of five years. And that's like that. it, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially, if, anyway, we'll get to that game later, I promise. Uh, the Man City-Chelsea game, uh, I'm sure I'll have quite Oh, did they play this week? They, they, one team did. Yeah. Um, 
<sighs> West Ham, another team from London at home against Leicester. West Ham for the second consecutive season. They just can't live up to my expectations, no. apparently. West Ham won, Leicester two. Riyad Mahrez, he's the best player in sliced bread. He scores again. and Premier League leader in goals scored. Yeah, great. Uh, that's how you can tell it's only a two-game season. Yeah. But uh, Leicester His career scored. high in England is four, by the way, for exactly, everybody yeah. who thinks he's going to score 20 this year. Great. Uh, he's like Ahmed el Mohammedi for some reason. Mm. But he uh, not get into the Prem? Man. There's still time. That's true. Uh, Leicester scored the exact number of goals you thought they would. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, West Ham scored pretty much what you thought. Mm-hmm. Less than two. Yep. <laughs> so congratulations. Again. <laughs> um, I mean, anything that you saw, like from Okazaki, who scored as well. I mean, anything that you, you know, of course, of course, who gets an assist for Leicester? Albrighton. Mark Albrighton. It's four now, I think. Right. Uh, it might just assists. be three. Three assists. Yeah, three assists. Two and a in goal. the opener right. and a goal. Yeah. Three assists and a goal. They look you're... very, very good. They've also played Sunderland and West Ham. So I'm not. I like West Ham. I know you do. I know you do. Um, I think West Ham's shutout of Arsenal was more on Arsenal than it was on West Ham, and so nobody should have been that surprised that Leicester put up two on them. The well, I was. You shouldn't have been. I told you this last week, and that's why <laughs> I am still. I am still surprised. My problem with West Ham is I don't. Dimitri Payet is so much better than everybody else on the team that I'm not sure. I worry that he ha- he falls back to their level instead of all of them picking themselves up to his level. And they've already kind of clinched mid-table, I think. Like, <laughs> they're not going down. I don't think they're going to uh, compete for You probably say the Europa. same about both teams. Yeah, I think Leicester at least has the the um the goal of finishing better than they did last year and better than they've ever finished whereas West Ham I think I'm not sure they can reach that level and so I'm not sure they're going to Do you think they're going to go uh what was it uh, 13 wins 13 losses and right. it was like 13 12, tie, 12 draws 12 draws yeah. yeah and 12 draws and with a zero goal differential Yeah they very well could Absolutely. It's like two straight years where they may as well have not even showed up. Yeah, nope. <laughs> like they, they just didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But Dimitri Payet is legit. He is. but he's super legit. But he's better than everybody else. And It's only a matter of time before everyone's like, hey, maybe we, should, maybe we may want to stop that guy. Well, that tr- let's that someone, too. Let yeah. someone else beat us. Right. And that's my problem. I'm not sure they have enough people to do that. Yeah. It's like the Stuart Downing effect from last season. Right. Started so well, but it tailed off so quick. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I worry about Diafrasako and Aaron Cresswell oh, and Carl I Jenkinson. Valencia and Carroll aren't close uh, to getting back. So, and then so, uh, next week you have to worry about uh, the West Ham defense because Adrian's out with the red card. Adrian's out with a red card, which yep. was kind of a hilarious reaction to him when he got that red card. He literally kicked somebody in the face, and was like baffled that he got th- sent off to be fair he was in foreign territory yes that's true that's true <laughs> he was a he was a he was a stranger in a strange land yeah but for adrian fantasy owners frustrating 
it's frustrating. And they play home against Burnmouth next week, and which is, you know, on paper one of the better clean well, sheet opportunities. Is, so, it, is, is it Yaskalainen coming in? No, I don't think he's even with them anymore. Oh, that's right. He's not even with the team anymore. Yeah, I don't... Uh, sorry, I don't know West, West Ham's backup goal. I have him on my on my EFSA squad. I, it was a name I'd never seen before. I wasn't even convinced he was in the Premier League. Yeah, well, you'll find out next week, that's for sure. Yeah, sure will. All right, so let's move on to uh, Arsenal and Crystal Palace. So, Andrew, what was, the, what was the prediction you had for this game? Arsenal would score multiple goals and win. What was the final score of this game? 2-1. Now, Arsenal only scored one of these two goals. And I don't think any of these three goals were exactly repeatable. The Giroud volley, the Joel Ward arrow to the lower corner, or the Alexi Sanchez-led own goal where he towers over a defender who, for, <laughs> for some reason, just ducks. Yeah. Oh, my God, Alexi Sanchez is coming. Duck. You know, it's just, it was just ridiculous. And, you know, just... Somebody from West Ham... Uh, I forget. Or I mean, from oh, you know what it was. Sorry, West Ham, from uh, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Uh, I saw uh, Pardew's interview after the game, talking about how Francis Coquelin should have gotten sent off, which he may, may should have been. But anyway, he. he I mean, it, it, typically in that fr- uh, fracas that occurred, you know, when people were you know pushing and shoving and having you know arms in their necks. Typically, they each get a yellow card. However, the reason why they didn't in this case is because Copeland already had one. Yeah. Well, it was even a, there was a foul kind of afterwards that probably should have gotten one, and I think he didn't get it because he was on a yellow, one of those things. But anyway, Pardue made this comment about how Joel Ward mistimed his jump. Mistimed his <laughs> jump? <laughs> I was like, he didn't jump at all. He looked, he looked, he looked like somebody who was un, who was completely thrown off guard by the elevator hitting the bottom floor going down. Completely, that was a great line. <laughs> he looked like he looked like he just got flattened by some invisible force. Yeah, I w- I would almost guess that that's going to be the only header that Alexis Sanchez has all season, not headed goal, just header in general. Uh, but he, what I was a little disappointed about is that his shot would have. Like his shot was I, on target. I th- I was I, I was watching the game with my brother, and I said to him like that probably should have been his goal. Should have been like the it it went in the, because the of Delaney. Of it may have been saved if if Delaney doesn't touch it, but it's unclear because obviously we don't know. But like his shot was on target and the ball went in, and because usually Costal Pantelimani may have put it in too. Yeah, <laughs> so really, and I was. I was upset that wasn't a Sanchez goal. It's a fantasy owner, but yeah, it was a, it was a exactly how I thought it played. Not to like toot my own horn here, but like that, I, I thought Arsenal would respond after getting blanked at home, and I'm not sure Crystal Palace is, was good enough to to take that. And Pardue kind of said that after the match, and they interviewed one of the owners um, before the match, and they were kind of both like, "We're not at this level yet, but we feel like we're starting to be able to compete." And that's it, kind of how the game was. They're not they're not as good as Arsenal. They scored, but they lost. And I think that's exactly where this game was a perfect representation of where these two clubs are in the Premier League. I ha- I'm being forced to agree. <laughs> I don't want to. I, I, it's, it's my biases that are preventing me sure. from like being excited about it. I was a little disappointed, not disappointed, but somewhat upset that Giroud scored because I was really hoping for Theo Walcott to get an opportunity. Yeah, Walcott, it's really difficult now. Yeah, Alex Oxlade-Chamber was was their best player in the opener, and he got benched for Sanchez's return. And then 
Giroud kept his starting spot for Walcott. Walcott's got to be furious that he you too know, bad. <laughs> I'm just saying. If you were that much, if you were head and shoulders better than Olivier Giroud, you'd be fine. You'd be Kareem Benzema, is yeah. what you'd be. Uh, it's it, 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 and there's and that rumor won't stop. By oh the way, oh my god, there's no that reason rumor for won't it to stop. Still going. And then furthermore, Zlatan Ibrahimovic may be available. So it's, that rumor's making the round still this week too. Which uh, can you imagine Zlatan on that stop. team Just on stop. Arsenal? Stop! It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Foolish on its face. Now, um, shenanigans aside, though, it was a very good victory for Arsenal. I think it was deserved. Well-deserved to be too yeah. far, but it was deserved. Mm-hmm. And it, this deters nothing from my support of Crystal Palace. I don't think it speaks negatively of Crystal Palace that they lost 2-1 to one at home to Arsenal. Sure, yeah, I mean... And, and it wasn't like it was a 2-1 where it was like... It, the score dictated how close the game was. Completely. Yeah. Not not like, let's say, you know, Leicester-West Ham. Where Leicester were the better team. Yes. I didn't think you'd now, admit that, but yes. Once again, you know, I can't deny facts. It's mm-hmm. just... I hate... You try. <laughs> I, 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 do, I do so often. It's true. I, I really... What I hate the most is that I've been so wrong at the beginning of this season and it's really frustrating only two weeks in don't worry about it yeah it's still frustrating um all right uh do 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 we want to get to my misery first or second do we do we want to go with liverpool or do we want to go to the big game of the weekend the big talk No, liverpool was monday we're not there yet we're still on sunday did you but let me start this one did you happen to read the chelsea recap of the game no, I have no interest in how they're going to slant this game. You it know, was <laughs> the most wonderful. Did they, did, did they say that if let me let, 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 let me let, let me let me take a guess? If you know Hazard had put that chance away and that goal being called offside when he wasn't offside, this is a completely different game. Nailed it. It was it was it was all about the uh, Ramirez offside. It wasn't the Hazard, but it was. <clears throat> I'm trying to look it up here as quickly as I can because it was so. Fantastic. Oh, well, all right. While you look anyway, that up, so while just... you look that up, I have a whole rant to get through at some point. But whenever, whenever you want that to happen, you just let me know. But you're you were about to say something. Um. The. Yeah. The. <clears throat> the score line. So the talk afterwards was that Mourinho thought the score line was completely inaccurate. A fake the, result. A fake result. Known. Right. Uh, somehow he completely discredits both second half goals for Man City, saying that Chelsea were the far superior team in the second half. He did admit that they were um that they were inferior not, in the first right, half. in the first half. Which and I think he also said that a draw would have been the, be- the the right result. Correct, which is outrageous. Um I have the match report here, so I'm just gonna read you this first line. A Ramirez goal incorrectly ruled out for offside with Man City a goal ahead changed the complexion of this early city season Premier League fixture. That's that's the, the literally the first sentence of the match report, and then they go on describing the goal and how it was incorrectly disallowed, and how that and let you know yes. Let, let's uh, not talk about nine seconds into the match when Asmir Begovic bails out the defense. When right, and then it happened about Sergio Aguero was running free. Right, and about two minutes later, did the exact same. He played very well, um, but that's why they bought him. Yes, <laughs> but to to make this uh, argument that 
it was a fake result is absurd. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's about deflecting. It's about deflecting yes. from the fact that the players are playing like utter crap. Yes. And if I can get into my rant, now my, would be a I'm going to say one more thing before you do. My favorite part of the entire weekend about this game was that I got an alert on my phone, as I do with every game, that Man, Man City 3, Chelsea 0, and like 12 minutes later, the next alert on my phone was Chelsea signed defender Baba Rachman. <laughs> like, right away. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yep, good. All right. Fixing the problem already. Now, Please, the problem. I I, I remember what it, I think you quoted my tweet before the game that if Manchester City score fewer than three, I'll be surprised, mm-hmm. and if Chelsea score more than one, I'd be stunned. Yep. And Chelsea did. I didn't even give. I gave Chelsea too much credit. I gave them one. Yeah. And it's they had a good that hazard opportunity was. And so was Ramirez's, but yeah. it doesn't matter. It, it, for every one or two you can point on the Chelsea side, you could have pointed three or four towards yes. Manchester City. And Pellegrini sort of made that comment, too. They asked him about Pellegrini, Mourinho's Pellegrini didn't... What, what, what most people don't realize about when Josie Mourinho speaks is just let him let him talk. You don't have to need to say anything. Yep. You just be like, you know what? Refer to Jose Mourinho's comments. Let him, get, let him keep talking. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let the result speak for itself. You can let him describe the game in whatever way he wants. That that is the only thing you need to say to Jose Mourinho. Just let him talk. Let him paint himself into his own corner because he will do it voluntarily. Now, with the play on the pitch. Yes. What is so incredibly frustrating to watch as a Chelsea fan, and this is it's not just this year. I'm not saying this because he's looked terrible in the first two games. Ronislav Ivanovic is not a right back. He never has been, and he never will be. The fact that they are forcing him to play out of position, which forces Cesar Espilicueta to play out of position, is absurd. And the fact that you have a 37-year-old leading your defensive line is also absurd if you are going to be repeating as a champion. That means you are playing now in – they played in over 60 games last season. They're going to project to play in more than 60 games this season. Without rotation. A 37-year-old is going to be playing consecutive seasons of 60-game-plus matches. And your backup plan is not... Sorry, not your backup plan. Your support system is two people on either side, one person on either side, that do not play that position. So you have a right back, that's a center back, and you have a left back, that's a right back. The latter of which is, I guess, okay, but both of them, and actually all four of the Chelsea defenders, below average pace at best. Yep. And this league is getting younger and faster, and Chelsea are getting older and slower outside of Babarakma. The and every younger player that, and every younger and faster player that they sign i.e. Quadrado, i.e. Sherla, i.e. Sala, i.e. Um, Marco Marin, who they tried out once, like, once in a blue moon, they don't get to play. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I mean, there are plenty of guys who don't get to play. Loftus-Cheek doesn't play, and Salon. Which is, and... well, loftus I mean, we, I, I was going to talk about that more on Friday, but there is a serious problem on the flanks defensively 
for Chelsea. And not only that, the center of defense for Chelsea is not fast. No. It never, and it never has been. They've just played deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, which is why they're pretty not exciting to watch. Now, they did press Man City in the second half, and they played up at the, at the halfway line, which is what teams like Arsenal do all the time. Um, mixed results. <laughs> I yeah. think it helped. I think it helped, but they were vulnerable to the counterattack. And that, the, the latter of that, you know, being vulnerable to the counterattack, that does not jive well with Jose Mourinho. You know, if anyone's going to counterattack in a game, it's going to be him. Yeah. So. So what's the solution? Who, who should I mean, who should start it? Right I don't back? think the roster is currently constituted defensively is any good. So you need one of two things. Sign not it's not good. It's not good enough. No, I, no, I don't think it's good. And I said it last season. I said I don't know how. I, I said last season it's a pleasant surprise. Uh, but you ha- like I said, you have a right back that's not a right back. You have a left back that's not a left back. And you have a center back that's thirty-seven. That's stuff, you, that's, stuff, that's stuff you usually talk, say about a lower-level team. That's true. What? Yeah. Why don't... Um, so do you think Rachman starts over as Pili Cueto? No. No. Not at all. Do you think it's they weird start, uh, that they got rid of Luis just to sign another left back? Yes. Or is Rachman that much better than Luis? No, I don't even think he's better. <laughs> I have no idea if he's better. Yeah, it's too early to tell. First of all, but you it know, seems like such a weird. And the fact that they, and the fact that they spent thirty million pounds, or they tried to spend thirty million pounds, and thank God Everton have said no, that's not enough. Um, for John Stones, who gets look, who gets made look a fool repeatedly at Everton, uh, I've seen him slide and miss at tackles more often than you know. Let's say Cesc Fabregas, who doesn't even tackle, but when he does tackle, he misses a lot. He led this it, game in tackles. Which is shocking. <laughs> that's, that's everything you need to know about how Chelsea played. Yeah. All right. Cesc Fabregas led your team in tackles. So why, is, why can't they find a spot for Zuma? They, they have a spot for Zuma. They, it's just currently occupied by John Terry. And there's really, I mean, he's obviously not going to bench the spot. Terry. But is it not? The, so no, that's you, the problem. So you think the, the, longer-term goal, which really should be a short-term goal, is to play Zuma there instead of move him up and be a holding midfielder next to Matic? Absolutely. I think that's the goal. They they bought him as a center back, and I'm sure that's what he wants to play, and I'm sure that's where they want him to play. They think he's going to be the future in that center back. And do you think but, that's next to Loftus-Cheek, or is Loftus-Cheek no, going to is a, I think Loftus-Cheek is a, a next to Matic. So they're going to keep him in the midfield? I think so, okay. but but uh, it's because he's talented on the ball. Loftus yeah, Cheek. yep. He is very comfortable. He's very comfortable with the ball and passing the ball. Yep. He should play now, to be honest. Mm-hmm. In, in defensive games that they want to play with Fabregas forward, he should play now. And I don't want to make this a Chelsea podcast. Sorry, yeah. I've gone on way too long already. I've gone on way too long. And there's also I, we can we can play around with the configurations and you know how Ramirez should be a right back. As he should, but I want to get to the Manchester City. Side I was of just this. about to say, yeah. it's time to talk about how did we did we sleep on them? Did we miss something? 
Because it's not like Raheem Sterling lit the world on fire. I mean, he lit yeah. Ronald, Ronald Ivanovich on fire. But yeah, but so did Jefferson, Jefferson Montero. Montero. <laughs> so I um I was on John Wallen's uh, radio show last week, and we were talking. I had tweeted um, last week that I thought uh, that we, as in a fantasy Premier League um, industry, underranked Yaya Torre. And I kind of took the blame solely as well because I ranked him lower, I think, in our rankings than everybody else. And that first game made me completely realize how wrong I was. And I feel like when you make preseason projections or rankings and things don't go your way early on, you can either double down and say it's a total fluke, you can ignore them, or you can admit you were wrong. And I'm like full-fledged admitting that I was wrong about Yaya Torre, that last year he had the World Cup in the summer. Uh, he had some family issues going. I think his brother passed Back away. His brother. And then he had the Africa Cup of Nations. the And no birthday cake. And no birthday cake. There, It just wasn't... I mean, it's understandable that he didn't produce like we all thought he would. And he looks reborn this year. And I obviously was affected by the what I saw last season. He's a completely he's back to what he did two years ago. I don't think he, he's gonna score he twenty goals like, this year. But he looks he looks incredible. like a, he looks like a man who has his house in order. Yeah, totally. And I, I made and the like point he, he, everything is just lined up for him. Yeah. Again. I made the point to John that I think Sterling might be the biggest helper to to Torre because it gives him it makes uh you know opposing defenses have to worry about the speed on the wing and it opens more of the middle of the park for for Torre. And there are plenty of fantastic fantasy options on this team and I'm not going to say that he's going he's the best one, but they they are so much better when he is good. Like it, that sounds really like stupid to say, but like he is a huge part of this team and if he's playing well, they could absolutely win the title. Yeah, so are you saying that he would be more important to them winning a title than let's say Sergio Aguero's form? I think so. Because I think the drop off between Aguero and Boney is great. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think Sergio Aguero may be the best player in the Premier League right now, and the the drop off from him to Boney is great. But the drop off from Yaya Torre to like Fernando to then have to play like Fernando and Fernandinho next to each other, or we haven't even, we don't even know what Fabian Delph looks like in a Man City jersey. So like, it's it's tough to say what what he looks like. But Yaya Torre like brings something that that those other guys who would possibly play his position can't even come close to though that Fernandinho goal looked a lot like Yaya Torre but um I think he might be the most important player on this team if they're going to win the title uh yeah, I agree that that last statement particularly yes as Yaya Torre goes Manchester City's championship hopes go yeah and so, it's crazy that he didn't play well last year and they finished second like if he and keeps this and up, you know, and you know, you know who else didn't play well last season? Who's played well so far this season? Uh, no. I'll give you a hint. He scored in both of Manchester City's games. I can't even Aguero, <laughs> or he scored in the company. first. Oh, company, yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Two shutouts, two goals. Yeah. You can't ask for better um, defense def, uh, defender output. Yeah, the two of them. I mean, the two of them were instrumental in their title two years ago. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're very important players, and 
we have a reason for why Yaya Torre wasn't good last year. I don't know why company was was so piss poor, but yeah. but yeah, if they're, I mean, yeah, they they look really really good. I don't want to make like sweeping generalizations this early in the season. Although we are, everybody thought they were going to be good anyway. Yeah, but, I mean, no one was saying they're going to finish outside the top four. There was a little talk of that. I mean, not well, some, like fifth, but I see. Yeah, I was, I was. I mean, I think I said that I wouldn't surprise me if Liverpool yeah. finished in the top four. But I also said it wouldn't surprise me if Chelsea finished outside the top four. Yeah, you did say that, which was ridiculous at the time. Still a little ridiculous, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> that back four, that back four is not good. Yeah, and particularly the league has figured out. Hey, put your fast guy against Bronislav Ivanovic. He'll turn the corner every time. Yeah. And it's not like there's anything Bronislav Ivanovic can do about it. He's not going to get faster. Yeah. He's not going to get younger. Probably not. And he's also been playing terribly defensively, too. Yeah. I mean, besides the one-on-one defending, the third goal, he gave away the ball. The, yeah, he did. That was all his fault. Just, well, just, I think that was a little on Fabregas, and, too. And, but... and, and, and guess who was marking Vassal company? <laughs> yeah, well. Bronislav Ivanovic. Yeah. The... Just, I, I mean, it, it's just... I think Wallen has said this before. There's always a guy who turns 30, or there's always a defender whose form just dissipates. Yep. Just gone. And I, I've never thought he was greatest right back anyway, but I'm kind of, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I yeah. think it's too much. What's funny is that we go, we went into this season with the three, I, I'm thinking more on the Taga scoring, but we even saw it on ours, on, on excuse me, on the uh, official game. The top three defenders were so clearly Ivanovic, uh, Leighton Baines, and Trippier. And one doesn't play and one stinks. And right. And the other one hasn't played either. One's hurt, one doesn't play, yeah. and one stinks. And it's like we've got Which is it goes to exactly what I was saying at the preseason. Just yeah. throwing I mean, I'm glad I'm right there. Because that was like my that was my flag in the ground. Yep. At the beginning of the season. Yep. You know, just it just it's just not worth it to try to pick out the right defender. Right. It's just not worth it. Now, let's move on. We got one more game. Liverpool one, Burnmouth zero. The Burnmouth, Burnmouth uh, is this Burnmouth playing well that they've only lost two one nil games, or is this just you know they're playing as hard as they can and the gap is going to get further and further as the season gets on? I think this game was actually closer. I mean, not that you can get much closer than one nothing, but they had some they had some opportunities. And I think Liverpool didn't, like, pour it on. It's not like it was a complete mismatch. The goal that they scored was the worst non-offside call I've seen in a very long time. Um, Especially with everybody talking about this new rule about how the player who actually just has to make a play on the ball in order to be considered offside. Coutinho was, like, was further offside than Bafetimi Gomes has on every offside call combined this year. Like, it was absurd how offside he was. And I can't believe that that goal was allowed. Had it been disallowed, I think they absolutely could have either drawn or won. I mean, they had another goal that was disallowed that shouldn't have been. So this game easily could have been one nothing the other way. So I I think Bournemouth could be... I think they'll be fine. They're not going to... You know, they'll be in that relegation talk just because I don't think they're going to be like comfortably out of it, but I don't think that they're going to really go down. And once they score one, then they'll get it, get the monkey off their back and they'll just roll from there. Liverpool. I'm a little worried about that. Yeah. Jordan Henderson picked up an injury in this one though. So we'll get to see. 
Liverpool side. I mean, Benteke scored, so he's. You have to be encouraged, though. You have to be encouraged so that Benteke is a goal every other game to maintain that pace. Yeah, yeah. He looked really good in this. He looked much better in this game than he did in the other one. And it wasn't even so much that they were feeding him better. It was just, I think he was a little more active and. Uh, it was almost like in the first game he was trying to play around to his teammates, and in the second one he just said, forget it, let me just play my game, and, and they kind of went around him. But they haven't figured out how to get Firmino in the in the starting lineup, which I think they, you know he's way too good to be used off the bench. I'm guessing they pull Jordan Ibe out, although he brings them some yeah, kind of youth sure. and pace that they could use anyway. Yeah, I'm sure John Wallet is thrilled of how much Roberto Firmino has been played. Talk about planting flags. I mean, he did his on Firmino, and he hasn't gotten a start. I mean, they kind of have used this, you know, he wasn't ready. He didn't get a full preseason, and, you know, it takes time to adjust. But Benteke didn't either, and he's already gotten two starts and a goal. So we'll see. They, I'm guessing they move Firmino into the starting lineup if Henderson can't play next week against Arsenal. Uh, I, I guess they could use Emery Chan, who actually came in for him on Monday, but I don't know. It's uh looks like Brendan Rogers is still trying to figure things out and they very well could have lost this game. Yeah. Uh, they most certainly could have. They're in, I mean, they're in the same boat as United two goals, but six points. Winning is the best habit to have no matter what way, it, yep. no matter what way it occurs. Yep. All right. Uh, speaking of winning, what's coming up on the road wire website this week? We've got a whole bunch of stuff. We've got, um, Nick Pittner is going to do his weekly Mondo goal piece for everybody who's playing over there. Um, we've got um, projections Our weekly. official sponsor. That's right. That's right. Thank you to Mondo Goal again for sponsoring this podcast. But we've got Premier League, uh, the lineup optimizer that um, some people may have used for other sports. We have them now run by our projections. So we have a value report and, and that optimizer. If anybody has any questions or feedback on that feel free to hit us up on twitter we'd love to get any feedback that you have um hopefully that's helping people build their lineups to to win it's set up um you know you can get a full breakdown of the projections as well just player by player if that's something you're looking we do a whole host of stats from you know completed passes tackles interceptions crosses we got it all so um definitely check that out and then we've got our regular you know weekly features that go up i had a my article this week going up of kind of upper tier players that have struggled so far. We're still waiting for first goals from guys like Harry Kane and Diego Costa and Alexis Sanchez, Wayne Rooney. Rooney should have Rooney at least has an assist from that own goal last touch. So I know there's a whole bunch of stuff going up every day. We obviously MLS is still going on. So we have a ton of MLS content up as well. So check it out. Rotowire.com slash soccer. Yeah, throw us a rating for the podcast. Yeah. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Sports by Gotti. He is at Rotowire Andrew. And this has been the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. We will catch you on Friday. Yes, Talk sir. to you then, Andrew. Right Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? 
Of course it's dangerous. Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.